Yes, good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. This radio station celebrates its 50th birthday this year and as a special birthday treat we've decided to bring back this old classic to mark the occasion. So let's get tonight's show on the road. Frank McGarvey shoots Derek Johnston. And a marvellous goal by Celtic. Rangers pressure phase off. The Dutton Army go crazy. Glorious goal. Glasgow in the West's league leader for 50 years. I'm asked to give an opinion and I like to give an honest one. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Ah, the sound of nostalgia. What a weekend to look back on as Rangers become League Cup winners, beating Aberdeen at Hamden. The title race is very much on as well, with Celtic losing at home to Hearts. Not many other goals or much excitement in the top flight, much to the annoyance of Derek Adams. I'm Gordon Duncan, and joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Mark Wilson. What a weekend we've had, Gordon. You rightly pointed out that the title race is back on. Celtic losing for the second time this season within a week. And Rangers capping off a U-turn in their performances with silverware yesterday against Aberdeen. What a week we have got coming up in store. And fans from both sides will be queuing up to phone in for different reasons. Can't imagine it's going to be a quiet show tonight, Gordon. Uh, a lot's happened over the weekend, like my, uh, Mark pointed out. First piece of, of silverware's been won by Philip Clement and Rangers. And I sat on this chair three weeks ago t- saying I thought that Rangers would rue dropping points against Aberdeen because I didn't think Celtic would give them many more opportunities. Fast forward three weeks, two defeats on the spin. Come on down then, it's 01419511025. It's the same number and we want to hear your thoughts and let's prepare ourselves for a busy show indeed Rangers fans how good did it feel to win that League Cup yesterday you've been made to wait quite a long time to get your hands on the trophy again how pleasing was it what does it say about Philippe Clement's start as Rangers manager if you want to talk about the 90 minutes themselves you are more than welcome Uh, how much confidence do you have this is the start of something under the new manager of course Aberdeen fans it wasn't to be on the day for you where did it go wrong 01419511025 and if Saturday's phone-in is anything to go by I'm detecting a slight hint of frustration and anger nothing more amongst you Celtic fans it was quite the reaction to that defeat at home to Hearts when we last spoke on Saturday have you calmed down has the dust settled or does seeing your city rivals win a trophy yesterday make it feel even worse 01419511025 Derek Adams thinks the whole thing's rubbish I wonder how you feel um, looking back on this weekend of Scottish football and anything else out there at all we're here for you as always 01419511025 let's set the tone Mark Wilson your result of the weekend well, result of the weekend, I think you've got to start off with, with acknowledging that Rangers winning the Cup is a huge result. So, give all the credit, winning silverware under Philip Clement. However, I need to give an honourable mention down the Championship to Wraith Rovers as well. Result of the weekend for me goes to them away at Dundee United. Mm. 13 league games unbeaten and top of the table. That's fair. Rangers will get loads of praise yeah. between now and 8 o'clock. So, let's keep these... By and large, to the league stuff, Andy. 
when you've not won in a stadium for 16 years and you get that over the line it's got to be hearts uh, 2-0 victory um, we sat here last week saying how Kilmarnock deserved their victory at Rugby Park I don't think anyone can deny that Hearts were the deserved winners at Celtic Park at the weekend 2-0 uh, and fantastic fantastic three points you have to wonder is Andy Halliday the happiest football pundit in the country tonight got to be just a, like the perfect combination yeah. I can't think of anyone <laughs> who, who ticks more boxes uh, long overdue, no? um, you've had a few hard nights on the show granted uh, right go on then goal of the weekend there weren't too, too many to choose from well I've got to stick in the same game don't I like you said, don't it's slim pickings. Fair enough. Come on, fair enough. Four, four goals in the SPFL, uh, SPL, sorry, this weekend. So I'm going to go with Stephen Kingsley, uh, someone that's became a bit of a, a set piece specialist at, at Hearts over the years, and he's we've been getting on him. So I don't think he scored one for a, for a long time now, and you know it just felt right. And the distance where it was, you always find something to hit the target. Uh, maybe slight question marks over Joe Hart. I'm not too sure, but. Don't take anything away from the, the technique for Stephen King. I was half expecting you to go Tavernier there, mate. <laughs> a, a wonderful volley. Um, listen, I think in that game I mentioned earlier on, I think Dylan Easton's goal deserves a mention, but I'm going to go for Graham Carey. Terrific oh, strike. Yeah. Great left foot and off the post to win his team the game. So I think he's my goal of the weekend. Howler of the weekend. Who's getting it? You met, you've already mentioned them. I'm coming for Derek Adams. I, I think, <laughs> listen, you can come after your yeah. own team after a, a disappointing result, but don't disrespect the other 11 teams in the league. And I think he done that. I think he went way over the top. Uh, if you want to improve the standard of, of Scottish football, look at your own team first. Uh, and there's a reason he's jumped at the chance to come back to Scottish football by leaving Morecambe twice. So I've, I've watched plenty of League Two games a hundred times better than the SPL. No sure. Uh, yeah, any Morecambe fans <laughs> out there? Feel watch free to get in touch. Um, exactly. He's got lots of time in his hands. This guy, oh, um, Mark wow. Wilson, your howler of the oh, weekend. Oh, howler! Right, it's going to go to Celtic. But where do I start with this one? With Celtic uh, result, the team, the tactics, the substitutions that were made. But I think the biggest one, the fans. Boone Santa. Yes, absolutely. Boone we, we Santa. Right at yeah. half time. Listen. <laughs> We, we can all get bad results and vent our frustration at the team but, you but when you've got the big guy Christmas. on a time taking stick come on Celtic fans better than that that's when you don't know do that to my Santa that's when you know it was a bad day at the office and did you see how sad he looked did you see the pictures he looked devastated and your top man top performer of the weekend was well he, he was surprised that I never gave him the goal of the weekend so I'm going to go with Tavernier for this one I think I've been his probably his biggest defender on this show over the years. Had many calls about him, uh, but it just feels as if when big moments are needed at Rangers, he's the one that's it's uh, it's came up with them. Uh, a lot been sort of labelled at him in terms of the team success, but in terms of individually, I think he's always been the the man to rely on and. He's came up with a big moment again at the weekend. I nearly actually went for the producer for this lovely Christmas tree that's yeah. made its way next to me. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. Oh, delighted I had the honour of um, switching the lights on, didn't I? That was it dramatic. Is, it is quite low budget, it has to be said, but I'm glad we've got one. Bit of a festive cheer. You can't even see it on that on that camera. When they zoom out, you will mark your top performer of the weekend. Well, Tavernier's manager. It's got to be Philip, come on. You know, if you come into this, into this country uh, and head at the team that he did and the, the position they were in, uh, and instantly turn it round, followed up the result in, uh, against Betis on Thursday night with winning silverware. It's got to be come on. Come on then, 01419511025. That is the number you need. So let's hear your thoughts on the weekend, Rangers fans. How good does Cup success feel? A day on, a few sore heads out there, perhaps. Celtic fans, sore heads for very different reasons. A real weekend of frustration, I am sure. 01419511025. 
1025 Let's start with Scott in Paisley How are you Scott? Keep us guessing Hi Scott, can you hear me? Oh, don't like that That's silence, silence Makes me uneasy radio. I must admit Radio silence as they say Nah, that's never good It's the worst thing for radio It's a bad is it? start as well First call, I, I, big I, moment And I can already see there's a lot of calls that's coming in How lucky Scott to go on and he's, he's the first one ruined it. Incredible There are a lot of calls as well I Don't let right, him back on Get somebody else on You've missed your chance, Scott. No, I'm sure. What was be, his point? I better be good now. Let's <laughs> guess. After this big build-up, the real pressure. <laughs> the nation is waiting with bated breath on Scott and Paisley. Scott, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Brilliant. We've got you this time, Scott. How good was yesterday's League Cup success? Uh, I think I think it kind of rubs salt into the wounds, but do you know what? It's I'm hoping it's the start of something great for Rangers. Rangers have been to what a week it's been to be a Rangers fan. Celtic dropping points to Big Andy's team Hearts uh, going to Spain getting getting three points top in the Europa League group and then the top of the weekend to win a piece mm. of silverware first silverware of the season sets a marker for everybody else I think uh, and obviously the title race is well and truly on They weren't in order were they? He didn't put Celtic dropping points above the other two achievements was that just in, in, in no particular order your best moments of the week? Uh, just have to keep it Keep it neutral. <laughs> um, Andy, like, for a multitude of reasons, why was why was yesterday important for Rangers? Well, because they've not won that trophy since 10-11. So it's a, it's a trophy that's allowed them for a long period of time. Uh, Celtic have obviously dominated the, the, the domestic trophies for a long period. Uh, and listen, it was three month, two or three months ago in October when it all seemed doom and gloom when, when Michael Beale was relieved of his duties after losing to Aberdeen 3-1 at home. And since then, Philippe Clements came in and went on a, an unbeaten run of 15 games, qualified for the last 16 in the Europa League, and that all-important uh, first trophy of the season. I, I think it's as much a mental boost going into the rest of the season as it is important to win a piece of silverware. Because, listen, we can see what's happening uh, uh, with Rangers' neighbours across the city. They're not in their, uh, in their best moment just now. Uh, and I, I think everything he's done since he's came in the door, the way he speaks, I think, is so important. And an important reference he made after uh, after Sunday's game was this is just the start of the season it's about moving on to domestic duty and try to continue further well and he has to follow that up but early signs are good for Rangers fans and what better way to top off a good spell with silverware and look the, the way this League Cup's formatted it, it's came at a very good time for Rangers when the final fell you know Aberdeen and Rangers both in European competition Thursday both coming into that final on a sort of high, well, Aberdeen, you know, needed something to boost them getting into it, and that was it. So it was balanced um, pretty finely, but look, overall, Rangers deserve to win it. And Andy's right, winning the first trophy of the season always gives you a boost. You look when Ange Postacoglu first came to Celtic and he won the League Cup pretty quickly, um, and what followed after that. Look, Philippe, come on, I don't think he'll be getting carried away but it's the best possible start. He said, I'm sure within those games that Andy's talking about that he's he's been unbeaten, he would want his team to play better in a lot of them. However, if you're not playing at your best or things aren't quite clicking, if you're still winning games, it's a brilliant sign of probably things to come. So I think Celtic fans will be wary. I think Brendan Rodgers, although they say that they don't look over the other side of the fence, of course the no Rangers are a different animal now. Uh, Scott, that day, funnily enough, same opponent When Aberdeen came to Ibrooks and won I bet a League Cup victory seemed an awful long way away that day uh, Yeah, it seemed an awful long way away But do you know what, the managers came in The players have gelled 
it's, as you said, Rangers are looking like a different animal, and of course Brendan Rodgers is looking over the fence. He might not like to admit that he's looking over the fence, but I think he might have one eye over the fence anyway. How important, Andy, then, if we're talking about you know Rangers as a club and being starved of that trophy for quite some time, specifically in terms of a new manager coming in, how important is early silverware to give you that real sign that it's worth buying into because you know we, we said it before the game yesterday of course unbeaten so far and well done and plaudits you going to lose a League Cup final then it's almost like everything would have been would have been yeah. ripped up wouldn't it well, well that was going to be my answer because I, I don't even think so much it's winning it I think it's the, the repercussions if you lose it I just think straight away, this sort of early success you're getting, a lot of people talking about your unbeaten start, you're straight off three days after beating Real Betis, who have not lost a home uh, fixture for a long period of time, and you want to run this wave of success as much as you possibly can. And this has been the biggest achievement to date. Betis was great. We had so many calls last week saying if they had to pick one of the two, they would pick the uh, the bit of silverware at the weekend over, over qualifying for Europa League. But listen, going into the biggest week, uh, week of the season, they've managed to do both. Uh, and like he says, I want to try and sort of ride this uh, wave of success as much as possible. But I still think, and I think Philippe Clement will know this, I think Rangers fans and, and, and Rangers board should know this, I think January is still so important for the club to invest in and try and strengthen moving forward. Thank you, Scott and Paisley. Let's head east to Gary in Edinburgh. How important was yesterday for you, Gary? Oh, it was massive. Absolutely massive achievement sitting there winning the, the cup. I I think it's great for the momentum of the, the Hill squad. I think that we'll go on and push on for there. I I mean, we've still got a lot to do, obviously. Still early in the, the league and I, anything can happen. But with two games in hand and we've still got to play Celtic at Celtic Park, I, it's absolutely... We've left ourselves in a good position. Is that... Why Mark yesterday was even more enjoyable from the Rangers fans. I'm asking you here, and I'm asking a lot of you here to imagine it because it, um, naturally you, you don't have the same emotions. But a bit of a Carlsberg week, please drink responsibly. Other beers are available. You know, to perfect week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, without doubt. Andy hit the nail on the head earlier in the week when I was on the show. I think the the same topic came up. Which one would you choose? Would you rest players for Seville just with the the cup final in mind? There's no doubt in my mind that silverware was the all important thing, because like it's been such a long time since Rangers won that trophy. However, in the, that period of time, in that twelve years as well, you know, it's been very sparse. So. You know anything, any tangible sign that they're going the right way was needed, and they got over the line. Wasn't spectacular, but who cares really about cup finals if they aren't spectacular? As long as you win it, and it's a great starting point. I always liked when, um, or I like the format when the league cup was just before Christmas. I think it just divides the season quite nicely, and if you win it, it sets you up for, you know, an important what ten days before the the winter break. So Philip, come on, his team will be well aware of that And it puts him in a right good position I think I know the answer to this, uh, Gary But how key has the manager been to all this? He's been he's been uh, a, a big uh, a big part to play in it, obviously He's kind of stepping into it and saying that he's not had a, a big part to play in it But obviously he has I mean, he's had a big effect on the players The players' confidences are a lot better I still think we could be dealing with a, a kind of stronger number nine. I, I I think, well, in terms of uh, 
Shankland, I would like to see Shankland at Rangers. And by the way, I would just like to say a big well done to Hearts for beating Celtic 2-0 at the weekend. That was absolutely beautiful as well for a Rangers point of view. I bet it was. Um, is that where, or is that why so much of this credit probably will fall on, on Philippe Clement? Because I don't think there are many, if any, Rangers fans out there who would call here and say, we're littered with brilliant players. This is a brilliant team. They're all playing at the top of their game. I think everyone acknowledges they're not, yeah. yet they're winning a lot and they're winning trophies now. So surely that, that kind of points to the manager, does it not? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's where, listen, Michael Beale was ultimately relieved of his duties. I think the biggest sort of disappointment within his time wasn't just the results because I think the results were a much for much. He's had some good results, had some poor results, but I think it was how they spent their money in the summer because I think there was a lot going into this rebuild in the summer. There's going to be you know, big players that were on big wages like Sir Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morello, Scott Arfield, Alan McGregor, all leaving the club. It's a fresh start for the uh, for the, for the the club. They're going to spend whatever it was, between 10 and 15 million bringing in these new players. There was a lot of uh, excitement. Two or three months down the line, there was arguably question marks over every single one of them out with Jack Buckland and Abdul Asima for his, his part in the play. But then this is what you, this is what managers do for me. They come in, they get the best of what they've got until you get a transfer window where you can buy in your own players and strengthen. I look at the likes of, not so much the, the, just the recruitment players that came in, but I think John Lundstrom's been a new player over the last 15 games. I think, um, obviously, Jack Buckland's been superb anyway. I actually think Abdul Asima, even though he's scoring goals, I think his performance has improved under the, uh, the new manager. He sees work rate off the ball in the game mm. yesterday. was exceptional. He's brought in Ross McCausen, who's been a real breath of fresh air to the team. And I think he's improved the core of what's there. And like I said earlier, I think it's really important now that Rangers go into January, assess what they need to buy and invest in what they've got. Gary, you don't need me to tell you there have been moments of success in recent seasons and it's never turned into sustained success. It's always been a bit of a false dawn. How confident are you that, that this manager's different, this is different and this is the start of something? Well, well, I think you've just got to put your trust in the manager. I, to be honest, I think it's one of them where you, you look at uh, Clement, he's no step, he's no put a foot in line. You've got to sit there and trust the manager. And he's done really well up to now. I mean, even beating Real Betis. I mean, no one expected us to go over there and beat Real Betis. We've done that. We, we won the, the cup final. Uh, so he's... He's doing stuff that's absolutely fantastic, and that's my son. Quick, hurry up, Gary. That's you. You better go. I know that. Listen, I'll have to go, but listen, thanks for having me on. Know that feeling. Thank you very much to Gary on 01419511025. It is the perfect time. To call Rangers fans, you can talk about the game itself yesterday, the achievement, the scenes of celebration, Philippe Clement, the players, whatever you like. And Celtic fans, it's contrasting emotions. You were all very, very angry on Saturday night when we spoke on the phones. How do you feel tonight? Let us know. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West for 50 years. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Oh, how good does the original theme tune sound, hey, Mark back, Wilson? Yeah. There's been a lot of tweets over the last seven years I've done this show. I don't think I've ever had uh, the chance to hear the original theme tune. Loads of people tweet me saying, bring it back. We've brought it back for the 50th birthday, 50th anniversary of this radio station. be nice if it stayed. Sounds much better. Who a, makes that decision? Will we start a campaign? Surely you. Hugh you Evans, know the boss <laughs> You must be joking. <laughs> I'm just... I'm basically <laughs> a glorified babysitter for you and Gordon DL. Okay. That is it. That's that as far as my... Very very nostalgia effect oh, with the, the great, theme tune, isn't it? 
Yeah. And bit. talking over the top it, it's great. That was, ah, that's kind of it. my memories in the car. Anyway, 01419511025. Rangers fans, keep your thoughts on yesterday's success going. Celtic fans, where is it going wrong for you at the moment? Let's hear from Philippe Clement. He's looking for Rangers to go from strength to strength after winning his first trophy as Rangers boss. Excited, of course. Really happy. Proud also. If I see the... The part that uh, the team has taken the last nine weeks, everybody sees the team who is growing. In the end, uh, we we deserve this this victory. It's not easy after a historical win on Thursday in an away game in Seville with uh, traveling and everything to have the same focus that they had today. And they did a brilliant job. I think if you feel this, it creates a certain hunger for more. That's my mentality and that's always what how I've been, um, and I see this more and more in the dressing room. If the players keep that mentality until end of the season, you always have a great season. So I'm going to push really hard towards that, and if there are players with other ideas, they put themselves out of the story. I wonder if you're looking for a sign of how much it meant to everyone involved yesterday, maybe Philippe Clement's celebrations <laughs> would sum it up. He's been so, kind of cards close to his chest, straight-faced since he came. The way he was <laughs> swinging that trophy around you outside Edmondson House. You think you're drunk on quite a wedding, <laughs> wasn't he? It was quite something. <laughs> oh, I loved it at the beginning. I don't mind seeing that. You know, managers who, who you know, are quite stern with him, you know, never miss a beat in a press conference, straight down the line, you don't really see him smile much. But the pressure on their shoulders every day, you know, all managers. So it's, you know, you don't mind seeing them letting loose because they're straight back to the job today. Remember, it won't be any downtime for them. So he gets that moment, that hour or so to just enjoy it. And he certainly did last yeah, night. Yeah, without overanalyzing the body language, and did you think that there was a bit of that, you know, whilst he, he's very clear at trying to get certain messages across, do you think that that was a bit of a, a release in, in, in showing just how much importance he put on it? Yeah, really, a relief probably because I think he knew the amount of pressure the the, the team and himself was under going into the game. Like I said, it's a trophy that's eluded them for a long period of time, and I think he's been battering on uh, this message of this winning mentality. So I think if you then go and lose your first final, we all know the criticism mm. that's going to come his way. Uh, right, we're going to speak to Thomas, who's a Celtic fan, very soon. I can see a few wanting to air their frustrations. Let's do Barry and Paisley first, who's a Rangers fan. How pleased are you after yesterday, Barry? Oh, happy! Very, very happy. Um, Is that you sounding happy, Barry? I'm a Morrison's man. I'm trying to avoid. He's in the vegetable aisle of Morrison's. <laughs> Try not to give it away. If anyone else is listening, Morrison's, give Barry a wave. Right, we'll keep it. We'll keep it down, Barry. What What kind of pleased you most about it? Just the way they played the last, obviously, a few weeks. There's a bit of determination there. He's obviously changed a lot of players. Um, the way they, they approach the game and all that they don't give up when Bill was there um, I mean don't get me wrong when Bill came in I was happy as Larry you know because um, I felt for the old adage that, that he was the man behind Stevie Gerrard you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean well done to Michael Bill who's got himself a new job I noticed the Sunderland manager quite something um, yeah. but is that but why else I was going to ask yeah. you know well, let's um, deal with that so, first though Barry because it's a good point though when you mentioned you know that the kind of change and, and all that sort of stuff. I just wonder about the, the players, Andy, and you look at yesterday, I said to one of the previous callers off, we'd said to you when Aberdeen won at Ibrooks, you'd gone and win the League Cup, you know, could you have seen it coming? What if we'd added to that that it would be with Dujon Sterling in the middle of the park and with Cyril Dessers having to lead the line 
for the, nearly the full game because nobody else is there and so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I'm and going over to Betis with, with mm-hmm. players like this and the team having one recognised midfielder, sorry two because Sifuentes was available for that game, having two recognised centre midfielders. You've got Sifuentes, Ben Davies, um, Cyril Dessers obviously in the starting lineup. Boys that have come under a lot of criticism uh, and to go and, and get the job done there and then follow that up at the weekend was mightily impressive. Uh, and I've, I'm sure I'm uh, sitting here along with other people and Mark myself thinking, where, where's Dijon Sterling been all season? Because uh, for me, his two performances since he's came in has, has been nothing short of incredible for someone. I, I think Mark will tell you, I think players can play out of position, but I think the hardest position on the pitch to play out of position is a centre midfielder if you're not a midfielder. A lot less time on the ball, taking it in areas you've never really took it as a professional football player. And I thought his performances over the two games were exceptional. And, you know, it was it was interesting to hear Philippe Clement say that he's seen that versatility in training because I mean like how how exactly <laughs> and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the uh, in his position in the team moving forward. What else you got, Barry? No, just uh, just agreeing with Andrew about uh, like uh, Sterling. He, he came in, he, he played absolutely brilliant. Fair, fair, a, a right back, I think he is in it. I think mm-hmm. right, the left or whatever it is. Yeah, to play in the midfield. Um, basically, it looks as if he's shown the place up with with, with Lundstrom, who's come on to a cracking game as well. Do you know what I mean? Most of the players, as I said a minute a while ago, they're all playing really, really well. Apart from Dessers, although he scored a great goal and been better. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the consistency that you're looking for. I suppose uh, my, that... My, my, my other point... Was, yeah, carry on, uh, buddy. Sorry. Something that Mark had said, uh, the title race is back on. It was never off. Do you know what I mean? That, Six no, weeks that, ago, that, it looked tough. Nah, nah, nah. Not really. Not really, Mark. Especially when you still get to play Celtic three games. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I know we were we were playing rubbish, and but it was never off until it's mathematically impossible. That's the way I look at things. Ah, but see, that you're just obviously an optimist, Barry. Let let's be fair about this. If I had stood outside Ibrox that day against Aberdeen and in family fortune style, surveyed a hundred fans to say, "Do you think Rangers will go on and win the league?" Yeah. I'm I'm thinking nineties in the the low nineties yeah. that. Yeah. Would uh, would have said no on that. Barry might be more optimistic, but but let's be fair. That's kind of the way it looked. Well, I remember you, you know, run about that time. You asked myself. I think you asked Charlie Mulgrew in a separate show as well about the big points gap and if we thought it was over. Now we actually alluded to the fact that Celtic in our time were even further behind, and it was possible that things could turn round. And it did on our occasion. We says it was a possibility. However. With the way Celtic were going at the time and Brendan Rodgers being in and you just thought there was more to come and the Champions League was still there, optimism was still high, it didn't look to me that Rangers would get within touching distance a Celtic. And if they did, it wouldn't be this soon. It wouldn't be this side of Christmas before the game on the 30th. So things have changed dramatically. And that's one guy going out the door, another guy coming in who looks like he's clued in and a, a top manager sounds like a top manager anyway and we're a piece of silverware already so things have changed mm. so quickly and Rangers put themselves in a great position granted these next three games well that's silverware thank you to Barry um, if anyone else has identified Barry and Morrison's feel free to give them away there, there must be that people must know it sounds like he's on he's on super scoreboard because there's a certain tone there's a certain <laughs> type a of conversation did I know um, see a picture of the, the Dazzler was it Morrison's or an Asda or every, he's everywhere it? usually Asda to yeah, be fair it was Asda, Asda. Disney. Um, Morrison's is too upper class uh, let's hear from James Tavernier he's obviously had a, a premiership and a Scottish Cup now he's delighted to finally get his hands on the League Cup trophy 
Yeah, it's obviously long overdue, but really proud of the team. Had a performance today. Probably we made it close to them, but what we expected to. Um, but we knew if we limited to their chances, then we'd create a role. And yeah, really just happy to to see this week out. But yeah, delighted to get the all of us to get hands on the first of the season. And that should give us really real good momentum to, to build on this now. Then important game Wednesday, so we'll definitely enjoy today. And then it'll be you know looking forward to Wednesday. Mark that goals tally, a double in the semi, the winner in the final loads of stick on this show and of course some of it will be fair but how much of a contributor is James Tavenier? Well, running out of things to say about him uh, look, throughout the years I've gave him stick for his defensive side of the game but I've never once aimed anything at him negatively about his contribution to the team going forward it's just extraordinary how many assists how many you know set pieces is involved in, but the goals. Uh, listen, take the penalties away. Touched on it yesterday. Take the penalties away. How does he get in those positions? The composure when he gets in those positions to finish. The technique he has. The engine he's got on him. Everything you want for a modern right back. You, and there's a reason. There is a reason that you don't see many right backs scoring that amount of goals. Just because they've not got that package that Tavernier's mm. got, and he, he almost, you know, he almost scored the first goal earlier with a free kick and when the, the ball gets placed uh, we're seeing in the studio it's the Rangers probably best chance of scoring and he gets it in target against a very good save so he, he just adds so much to that team and I wasn't surprised to be honest that it was him that popped up with a winner when the game was so kind of dour at times and not really creating anything it was him that wins the trophy for Rangers Well you're sitting next to two guys that have played fullback. If you add our career goals up, it's not coming anywhere close to 115. That's no, sure. you're right. In fact, if we add your amateur football career into oh, the three, we're still not getting to 115. You'd only be adding two on, so I don't think that'll work. <laughs> but uh, listen, I, we've said that, you, you know, them. I've tried to defend them on the show because I just think people need to realise if, if James Tavenier was as good defensively as he is going forward, he wouldn't beat Rangers. It's as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, uh, such as his yeah. output going forward. And uh, I do feel as if a lot of criticism has been unfair in terms of he's not being a captain because that for me yesterday shows why he is a captain because it's another big moment Rangers are looking at somebody to grasp it and, and he's the one that's came up with the goods again uh, Thank you very much 01419511025 Let's flip to the other side I don't think there'll be as much joy around Thomas as a Celtic fan Sum up how you feel as a Celtic fan at the moment Thomas Hi Gordon, hi Andy and hi Mark Hi Thomas uh, it, was, it was just shocking that we had Gordon you know it was just so poor um, I, I really don't know what's, what Brendan Rodgers is trying to, trying to do to be honest I don't understand his system I don't understand what he's playing at I mean, look at, there's an example Gordon Kyogo last season he scored 30 goals this season he just seems a shadow of his what he's saying well, you know he, does, he doesn't to me he doesn't look interested he's not playing in his right position I, I, I honestly don't know what Brendan Rodgers is doing I really don't. Um, so he's taking the blame for you in, in this dip in form? I think so. And I, I know the, board, the board's got a lot of hard to do with it as well, Gordon. You know, the signings, the signings. We, we sold Jota for $25 million, um, and we haven't replaced him. You know, I, it's just, I really don't know what's going on. You know, it, it's the, the squad we had last year, it was was brilliant and Brendan Rodgers it's just dismantled that and I just don't understand that well like Tom it's, it's got to be a combination 
of all. Uh, I, I can't just be labelled at the manager. Uh, I don't think it can be just labelled at the board um, and then the players. Because to, to go on a run like this or to have such a dramatic change like Celtic have had in the past three months or so in the style of play, it's got to be everybody. So the players are certainly underperforming, the ones that take to the pitch, because you know the quality in that squad, with the greatest respect, should be able to beat Hearts, should be able to beat Kilmarnock. Um, Brendan Rodgers has obviously changed the way that Celtic play. Now, in Europe, uh, it's a bit more pragmatic and it's a lot more possession-based to try and drag teams about and drag them out to then go at them. Not as quick as Ange Postacoglu's style. Domestically, sort of seems the same. Um, slow build-up play. And it looks like the players haven't adapted to that quickly. And then the board, you see fans shouting at the board and being ejected for the stadium on Saturday. Now, obviously, there's grievances with the board for different reasons with the Celtic fans. Some will be the the fans that have been locked out and that dispute is ongoing. For some, it, it's always pointed at them, recruitment, and they're sleeping behind the wheel and they should have invested much more than this 70-odd million they've got. However, the board have invested money. Where it's been spent is probably the problem. And, and the players that have been brought in are nowhere near good enough to push the starting eleven that's at, that's been successful. And that's where you get a combination of all the problems. There's no doubt it's not in a good place just now, but it's not like it's out of control and it can't be fixed quickly. When you've got good players and you have got a good manager, which I still think Rogers is, then it doesn't take an awful lot to fix it. But there's been a few bumps in the road and when you pair that with Rangers' success then it obviously looks much worse. The Jambos won't get the credit, Andy. You know that's the way it works in Glasgow. What did you make of it with your maroon glasses on? Um, I think going into the game, our, our plan was pretty obvious. It was uh, you know, to, to sit in a sort of five at the back, be compact, try and frustrate, uh, and then try and hurt Celtic when we can. And, you know, I, 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 I turned to... I was sitting with William Boyce watching the game, and I turned to him next to me after 15 minutes and says the game's there for us, because I just felt the way Celtic started the game in terms of their tempo... I just felt that is the tempo that we want to be at in this game. And uh, obviously the, the chance then comes for the corner, which has been a real weakness of Celtic recently. You remember obviously Motherwell at Celtic Parts and Johnson uh, when they uh, when they scored at Medemic Park as well. And then for the corner, Shanks manages to stand and head a ball in the six-yard box. Uh, Stephen Kingsley gets my goal of the weekend, then gets a, a free, kick, uh, free kick 10 minutes later and puts it in the back of the net. And then at half-time, you now feel, right, the first five, ten minutes of the second half's massive here because you know Celtic are com- going to come out firing. If you can defend situations the first five, ten minutes, you, you, you build confidence for them and take it. But in all honesty, I, I felt as if we could have played another 90 minutes. I just couldn't see Celtic scoring. Mm. i never seen this onslaught that I think everyone expected because it's been what's been happening in the Celtic Park for a, for a long period of time. But yeah, I've never went to, 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 to Celtic Park with a team and, and been so comfortable for... Uh, for a full game like that How worried are you Thomas? Are you hitting the panic button? Is your hand hovering over the panic button? What's What, what are you thinking going forward? Well we, we, need, we need We need to play a lot better Gordon and we've been playing You know the last two games against Hearts And uh, Kilmarnock it's, uh, it's no good enough You know especially Maybe away from home Maybe I but at home Just be winning your home games Comfortably yeah, I'm not so much comfortable, but you need to win your home, home, home games, you know, and I think January, January is a big, a big month for Brendan Rodgers. I think he needs to get this right, and I, I honestly don't know where, he's, where the signs are going to come from, but he needs to, he needs to, get, to get it right or else. 
there'll be something going on, you know. Mm, thank you very much to Thomas. What about the rest of you Celtic fans? Thomas was, I would say, quite measured. Anyone a bit angrier than him? Anyone on the other side thinking that there's no we're near time to panic let us know good to hear all sorts of opinions on it give us a call right now if you can whilst I tell you about this um, someone had a missed call worth £230,000 after the latest make me a winner call went to five rings it is a disaster it goes to a rollover though when one door closes another one opens and you could now be the winner of 235,000 when we make the call but you need to be in the draw text yes to 61025 texts are £2 plus your standard network rate you can enter at Clyde1.com for £2 or call 0330-880-4523 calls are charged at a standard Rate. It's over 18s only entries since Christine won on Friday have rolled over and all the rules for this network competition are online. If you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings. Say make me a winner straight away to get the £235,000 paid into your bank account right after the call. Text yes to 61025. Glasgow in the West, league leader for 50 years. Clyde One, Super Scoreboard. You just know that everyone's going to come away from tonight's show saying the best thing about it was the original theme tune brought back, which will be the final indictment on the punditry uh, that is on offer from you two. But hopefully we can raise the bar and compete with it. Ross is a Celtic fan. Ross, what, what, what's the emotion? Is it anger at the moment? It's really angry on the phones after the game on, on Saturday. Would you say you're angry? Um, hi, Gordon. Martin. All very well. Um, no, I think the emotion is just frustration more than anything. Um, I kind of predicted this and I'm not saying that I was right or anything with Rodgers I kind of knew that it was going to pan out with us the second time is never as good as the first time and in the summer it was project after project after project and it was only going to go one way and I, I'm not surprised that it's went this way but I think there's two people that I'm blaming for this and it's Peter Lawwell for the signings that are coming in. He's the one with the money and Dermot Desmond in charge. Rogers is the football element where on Saturday Celtic need to win. We're 2-0 down and he brings on Burnaby. Now that is just baffling to start with and I think from a football point of view I think Rangers get out at the right time with Michael Beale and I think it's now time Celtic get out at the right time with Rogers. Seriously, you think that time is now? I think, why not? Well, Rangers will win, Rangers will win their two games in hand and it will come down to this game in the 30s. And the way it's going now, Celtic are no favourites for that. Rangers are favourites to win that. And if they beat us at Celtic Park, the pressure mounts. And I think in January, when we have the winter break, it's the perfect time to pull the plug and get somebody else that's going to take us because Rodgers has taken us backwards. We've went backwards. Wow. Brendan Rodgers out and it doesn't it's not this is not five minutes after full time you know rage taking over Ross sounds like he's thought about it Mark are we actually at that stage? Uh, Certainly not no there's just no way I mean what is he into his second spell here four months five months something like that he's sitting five points clear whichever way you frame it Rangers with two games in hand that's fine but one of those games will come in January Um, Ross is saying now's the time built it up to the game in the 30th and then you know, very pessimistic in terms of that game. Oh, Ross, what if it goes the other way though? What if that game in the thirtieth, um, Celtic managed to win? The, the the players play better. Brendan gets his his tactics right. What I'm saying. 
I get that point, Mark, and I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I just, I, the way I'm looking at it, eh, Mark is just, we went out the League Cup, we finished bottom of the Champions League, we lost to Kilmarnock, lost to Hearts. There, I have no confidence in this guy, and as I say, I, I didn't want him to be there in the first place, but he came in, I backed him. But right now, if you're, if you're asking me, I am I am not confident that Brendan Rodgers can get us out of this situation. I don't think he is the guy to do it. And that's why I'm saying that I think now is the time to pull it when there's time to still win the league. But if we continue going the way we're going, it's going to end up four, five, six points behind Rangers and then you've got a mountain to climb. So why not come out early doors, pull the plug, get somebody else in and still save the season? Because right now, the way it's going, Celtic are going to lose this league. That, that, that's the way it's going. It must be the earliest time to pull the plug to save your season when you're on top of the league. Mm. I've never heard that before. Now, I think this all stems back for a feeling of ill will when Brendan Rodgers obviously left the club the first time round and when he was reappointed. There was a real split in the fan base. And I remember on this show, people phoning in, definitely their own choice, no way. Other people phone in saying that it was an elite manager was needed at the club and he's your man to take you forward because there was nobody else out there. So there was a split. It was up to Brendan Rodgers in his first press conference to come out and address it. And he tried his best and he said, listen, if you don't believe me, come back here in May and we'll speak about it then on the steps of Celtic Park. Now, I believe he started reasonably well and he went to Ibrox and been to Tynecastle and Petordre and, and all very good places to win. But I always believed that there was this feeling as soon as results were poor and a couple of poor mm. ones, there'd be a group waiting to yeah. jump in them. And that's the way it's playing out just now. So Whether this is Brendan Rodgers' specific fault or not, though, does it not, as Ross points out, feel like a bit more than a couple of poor results? You know, it's mixed in with Ross referencing multi-million pound signings who apparently can leave in January or who are not in the squad the vast majority of the summer recruitment's not even in the squad at the weekend Burnaby rarely seen Gordon Dale's the only man in Scotland <laughs> yeah. that rates him that was a strange one he I'll gets, agree with gets, Ross gets that. put on there listen see the see this whole recruitment thing and I think it's similar at Rangers as well with Clement the, the difference is Clement's managing to get a bit of a tune out of some guys but we've, we've had Rangers fans on saying about Dessers that not good enough in any transitional period where you go from Ange Postecoglou to Brendan Rodgers and you get, was it 10 or 11 players coming in? There's no way all of them are Brendan Rodgers. So you're fed players, mm. some of them. Some of them will be your responsibility. So yes, he should do better with some and the players themselves should do better. I don't think it's a grounds for sacking when you're sitting top of the league at this point. And I, listen, I guess seeing the 30th when you've got time to sit and reflect after that game or the 31st mm. or the 1st, then maybe it's the, the chance to sit and take a wider view of things rather than a knee-jerk reaction for a defeat against Hearts. Andy, would we ever see a manager sacked at the top of the league? No, I'd be very shocked. Uh, and I don't think right now it's justified either. Uh, but for me, I think there's too much said about the quality of Celtic squad. Uh, that squad won a treble last year. They maybe lost three or four key players. Well, I'd say maybe two or three when you look at the likes of Jota and Starfield. But there's a lot of quality within that squad. Um, I think a lot of Celtic fans' frustration is clearly the, the project yeah. signings that have been discussed about. But it's the reason Celtic have got the balance sheet that they do because they made a lot of very good project signings. The issue is when you make 11, like Mark says, and 7, 8 so far haven't worked, it's obviously a huge worry. But I think the biggest worry must be 
the regression of the players that are already there. Well, that surely then is the bit that doesn't look good for the manager. No. I'm not saying it's his fault, but it certainly it can't look good for him. No, definitely not. And I mean, Kyogo for me is just right as it stands right now has been a shell of the player we've seen last year. What was it, 35 goals? We're now sitting in uh, December and he scored one more golden Dessers who's had nothing but criticism for four months mm. and I think again I could go through a list Alistair Johnson for me has went backwards I think Greg Taylor's the same I think there's a right few players that right now Brendan Rodgers not getting the best out of What do you think Celtic fans is it too early for that or is Ross on the money let us know 01419511025 and I have been buzzing for this for weeks let me tell you about it Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce. Scotland's premier structural steel specialist. Changing landscapes across the UK. Right, for the past couple of weeks, you'll have heard me every night, sometimes twice a night, banging on because we had this amazing prize to give you and we were trying to make a difference to local children in Glasgow and the West at the same time. Thanks to Arnold Clark, we had a brand new BMW 1 Series up for grabs. You remember it well, yeah. Mark Wilson, yeah, yeah. Andy Halliday? Yeah. It's not yep. a bad prize, is oh, it? Unbelievable price. It's a very well. good prize. A stunning car, honestly. It's M Sport bodywork. It's got the digital cockpit with the Apple CarPlay, the heated sports seats, all the stuff you'd want, especially at this time of year. Uh, keep your backside warm. Now, the lines closed at 6pm on Saturday, uh, and we thought we would give the lucky winner a call. Let's see if we can get in touch. Suspense is killing me here. Tells me saying good. I'll be answers. Suspense is killing me. Oh, I hope he answers. Oh, I don't know if he's answering. He's now got Bluetooth in his car. He's you don't, need, now. You don't need to answer within a certain number of rings. Let's see if we can speak to Craig on the line. Craig, can you hear us? Yes. Hi. How are you? Don't swear, by the way. You're live on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You all right? Yes, I'm fine. How are you? Good, yeah. Not bad. Not bad, Craig. Um, when did you fire off a text? Do you remember texting in to try and win the brand new BMW 1 Series? I did. Um, I'm sure it was weekend. So you left it right up to the last minute? I did, I, I kept on missing it Getting all about it Forgetting Craig, the number Ignoring me honestly I told people not to do that Where are you from Craig? Uh, Tollcross Good, lovely Not too far from here What team do you support? Not that it matters too much I'm just curious uh, I'm a Celtic fan Oh, bad weekend Not, not the best weekend Bad weekend for you Craig, wasn't it? Yes, it was I. Not anymore though Craig Because you are now The proud owner Of a brand new BMW 1 Series How does that feel? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant <laughs> Oh yes oh, He's got a crowd <laughs> there's, a, there's a crowd in the back Who's in the fan club Craig? Yeah my, my Sorry my wife And son-in-law And my two kids are here Super What, what are their names? Uh, my, my wife's Angela My son's Craig as well uh, My daughter Shannon And, and Johnny's my son-in-law Super How does that sound Craig? A brand new BMW 1 Series You'll put that to good use I'm sure Oh absolutely incredible Incredible I'm, I'm stuck for words Listen no wonder. It sounds like the family are pleased. You'll be chauffeur driving them around over the Christmas period, I'm sure. Um, maybe the opposite way about. Well, exactly. <laughs> you get yourself in that back seat. Enjoy the heated seats. How good's that? I'm oh, brilliant. 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 Well, well done. done. By the way, what Gordon's not told you, though, is a, a clause in the contact. You need to pick Hugh Keegan's <laughs> up at half five <laughs> yeah. every Friday. I did forget to mention that. He still can't drive, Craig. So meet us five past eight out here on Friday night. That sound okay? Sounds fantastic. Brilliant. Craig, listen, enjoy it. Happy driving. Well done to you. Thank you. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you. Merry Christmas to Craig. Brilliant. I love that. That's great. That feel good, eh? Brilliant. What a time. The cheering in the background. Super. Well done to Craig. Um, I've only got a signed ball up for grabs on this. Sorry. (laughs) Let's play. Beat the 
Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Uh, money can't buy though a sign ball and the chance to humiliate Andy Halliday or more likely Mark Wilson 01419511025 the lines close at the end of the news first for football for 50 years this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson and Andy Halliday are waiting for you to get in touch 01419511025 Rangers fans how pleasing was it to win that League Cup yesterday a few headaches I would imagine a few Sick phone calls into work Maybe over celebrating But let's look back on it Aberdeen fans What about you? Where did it go wrong? Do you feel a sense of injustice in any way? Or did you not do enough on the day? Celtic fans When I left here on Saturday It was an incredible Angry, frustrated tone On the calls we took after that defeat to Hearts How do you feel now? Looking back on it 01419511025 And we'll play this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, Andy Halliday, who very, very rarely, if ever, loses at Beat the Pundit, and Mark Wilson, who very, very rarely, if ever, wins at Beat the Pundit. So mm. it's a good combination. Not this season. Oh, your form's rotten this season. Andy did back me up, though. He, he, he did think. I was harshly treated yeah, last week. I did back you up. Go back up the pundits when you can. You have. Of the pundits that have played a decent amount, you've got the lowest win percentage. And been distracted this season. And you've been grannied as well this season. I did get grannied, no, actually. No, I did, no, mate. I, I took a nil. It was incredible. Well, I shouldn't have said that. I was in the Spain game, wasn't it? Because all the questions were... Scotland related. Spanish related. Spanish related. We were in Spanish. That's why I didn't <laughs> understand them. Uh, right, Graham is an Aberdeen fan in Newton Merlin. How's it going, Graham? <laughs> nah, not bad, yous. Not bad. How are you feeling after yesterday, Graham? Ah, uh, just recovering all right now, yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty balanced, <laughs> to be fair. Don't worry, I'll pick your brains more about the game when we're finished heads. It's going to be Andy Tails, it'll be Mark Wilson. And it is. The 32% win rate is on yeah, the line. It's that's good. I think I've got Graham at a good time. Uh, yeah, I'll be dis- distraught after yesterday. Right, let's give Mark some greatest hits radio so that Graham can join us it's 30 seconds Graham just answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer okay okay right your 30 seconds starts now name any of the players to miss a penalty in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend pass before yesterday what year did Rangers last win the League Cup 2012 Liam Scales joined Celtic from which club Shelburne in what month did Motherwell last win a match? Paul Lambert won the European Cup with which club? Foreman. Who is Rangers' top league scorer this season? Seema. Okay. Mark Wilson, can you hear us? Yes. Good, are you ready? Okay. How different do you think it will be not doing this with Gordon DL sort of looking at you, staring at you, ah, you breathing down your you neck? Well, you've done it, man. It's a canter you? for you tonight. Ah, you think so? What about his coffee spill the other night? Brilliant. You were the eyewitness. Brilliant. You're part of the reason that I've watched that video about 50 times because your reaction is I like good, to watch it? your reaction <laughs> and then I start it again and I watch his and then I go back to the beginning. The fact <laughs> he's, that he, he, he's he hard work to come in and push the coffee down, no realising he had a cup of coffee. He is hard him. work, isn't he? Oh, he's tough, <laughs> he's tough, mate. But I think you do well to handle him. Anyway, because he's not many can. It's like 5,000 views or something on YouTube, and like obviously, like tens, hundreds of thousands on like other social media platforms. But anyway, uh, right, Graham, 
30 seconds He's done his Mark Wilson Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. You've put me off I was in my stride yeah. here No, I can think he's Coffee Gordon Gale Aye. Mr Kenko Let's go Right 30 seconds Starts now Name any of the players To miss a penalty In the Premiership At the weekend Ohara. Before yesterday In what year Did Rangers last win The League Cup 2011 Liam Scales Joined Celtic From which team Shamrock In what month Did Motherwell Last win a match <laughs> uh, September that Paul Lambert won the European Cup with which club? Borussia Dortmund. Who is Rangers' top league scorer this season? Sima. Which Scottish football legend has won a lifetime achievement Kenny award as sports personality of the year? Okay. Oh, hold on a minute. You you, you, you started there, <laughs> so you need to finish. Is the same mastermind? <laughs> Don't worry about it, Mark. I could be bothered. <laughs> oh, really, Graham? You having a bad couple of days, mate? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a sore throat And I thought I'm going to save it If there's one question I just don't need to read it um, You don't fancy your chances Graham? No Name any of the players To miss a penalty At the weekend Tenuous Aberdeen link He used to be an Aberdeen player Bruce Anderson Or oh, Mark O'Hara 1-0 Mark Wilson yes. I felt This is when I knew That Graham was up against it Because he then Before yesterday In what year did Rangers Last win the League Cup Were you about to say 2011? Yeah, and he just went, I think he said 2012 in the end. Um, Liam Scales joined from, and again he was, I don't know, sort of close. He said Shelburne, but it's Shamrock. Oh, is it? So Marcos. That was a guess. Oh, I, I, I could tell I by the tone of why your I voice because you, you, you knew it was a guess, and you managed to just pluck it. <laughs> you went to Shamrock. Ah, anyway, good. you got it. Yes. Um, Graham didn't go down without. A fight. He said Borussia Dortmund, which you both got. Oh, and he said Abdallah Sima. Which the question there? Which. Oh yeah, yeah. Motherwell last one. <laughs> I was trying to forget about uh, exactly. it. Exactly. It was against Hart, so don't get carried away. Um, it was September. Oh! And, and Graham said October. <laughs> Graham was just hitting the post all over the place. Um, Sima is the top scorer for Rangers and Kenny Dalglish Lifetime Achievement Award. So I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two yes! for Mark Wilson, and you get to go for the ten. Do you know? Uh, yeah, well, you didn't well, get any wrong. Yeah, yeah, unlucky, Graham. Hold Just on, Graham. I'm not done with you yet, but let's see if we can do the 10. Come on, right? Oh, this yeah. will be good. Look at the body warmer he's wearing. Partick Thistle are in which position in the championship? Third. Oh, he's nearly there. Singer Callum Beatty supports which team? Rangers. He's going for the 10. <laughs> How can you get grannied and do the 10 in the one Come season? Come on, give us the 10. Hugh Keevans is the only man to get a 10 this season, I is think. He? I don't know. I made that up, but he certainly did. Right. Come on. True or false? Oh, no, is it true or false as well? For no. The 10? No Scottish player has ever played for Real Madrid men's team. True. Oh, it's false. It's false! It's false. No! It's false. Uh, how can you not know that John Fox Watson played in 1948 49? <laughs> <laughs> Once. One appearance. You know, I'll have to that because uh, of uh, uh, Did you know that? Do you know why I know that? Remember the young player that's, that oh, went Jack Harper. Jack Harper went and it was can he be the next Scottish mm. person since Big Foxy. Foxy oh, boy. so close. Uh, yeah. And I had to throw in men's because of course Caroline Weir. Of course I Caroline. would have known that. You would have. So there we go. Uh, right Graham, come on. Let's do. Let's get a bit more detail about yesterday. What, where did it go wrong? Nah, I just don't think we were good enough to be honest. That's the bottom line. <clears throat> they had a wee bit more quality. Uh, I think Tav was the difference in the end. That was it. That was, I think that's as simple as it is. Is that fair? I mean, first half we were there and yeah. it just, just yeah. I, I'm not going to go all Derek Adams, you know, because there can be reasons and all that sort of stuff. But first half just really grim, wasn't it? Yeah, you tend not to analyse cup finals sure. in isolation for obvious reasons, but 
it's probably lucky we didn't because it certainly wasn't a classic, <laughs> especially the first half. First half, like he says, was pretty drab. Uh, under Philip Clement, we've, we've talked about uh, Rangers being a lot more aggressive in their attack and trying to get the ball quicker, but I thought that was a detriment to the team a wee bit because they never really grasped any control uh, and it gave Aberdeen two or three really good opportunities in transition, but that final ball, that final bit of quality let them down. But then I thought Rangers played with a, a lot more control, a lot more quality in the second half and ultimately that was enough. Is that it, Mark? Aberdeen... No, it's obviously a close game. It's one 0 It's a late goal, but just, just, just not enough. Just not close enough like to really to, grumble. See, to be honest, I didn't think they turned up at all. Um, and Rangers deserved to win it, uh, particularly in the second half, where they were by far the better team. But Aberdeen did have opportunities to break. They did have opportunities to pick the right pass and play the, and take the right option. And their mm. individuals on the day were so poor. I've got to say as well about the tactics. It seemed a lot of the time they just wanted to go long and hopefully replicate the goal that they scored at Pataudry, that somebody would flick it on for Miofsky to run through. And I think I've only seen that happening once, and it was near the end of the game, and Miofsky still didn't even get onto it. And you're thinking, well, come up with something different. Barry made changes, but the patterns were the same, and I don't think you're going to mm. have much chance of winning a cup final like that. Uh, had a few tweets already, though, um, this evening. Do you feel aggrieved in any way about the last minute should Duke have had a penalty is he gone he disappeared oh, you know what happened with that 7 to defeat he's disappeared just right at the right at the crucial moment um, like I say loads of tweets about it anyway um, what do you think ok so at the time when we were in the studio I said how has Duke not put that in the back of the net because I thought he was favourite just to turn and swivel we then got sidetracked by looking at what happened in the net and all the bodies in there and we never really went back to it having seen it again I can see why it's been brought to attention and lots of tweets about it because Butlin leg does come across however the argument for me against it being a penalty would be that Duke is almost already in the way down his body is leaning like he's lost balance and he's going down I think that's why if they looked at it they wouldn't have gave it so what in summary there's a bit of a shout but you're not a bit of a shout fully but convinced. Uh, no I'm not fully convinced if I'm honest mm. your take on it yeah but I'm I'm very very similar no penalty for me I think a lot of time the barometer is the player's reaction and I don't think Duke even appeals for it once uh, I've watched it three four times slowed down I don't think there's any real conclusive evidence that Buckland actually makes contact with Duke and like he says if it does it's, it's already mm. when Duke's Two inches off the floor. Richard's an Aberdeen fan. You'll not agree with that assessment, surely, Richard? Well, I thought it was both incidents were penalties, and it's rules of the game. Like three weeks ago in Petardi's uh, a shirt pool, it was given a penalty. That's the rules of the game. I had no arguments about that. I just think you've got to be consistent, and that, that was a penalty. So was our one yesterday. Mm. The good thing is I've been consistent because um, every time this comes up, I just sort of explain the framework. We went to the you know the referees briefing and. Spoken about different scenarios and different rules and all that sort of stuff, and then I let you two decide. I don't well, have to. So the 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 framework they'll look for the kind of main thing is: does the shirt pull impede the player from getting to the ball? That's sort of the main one. How long is it? Is it prolonged? All that sort of stuff. So this is where I step back. You two use so that. So you, you're referencing the rules of the game. We'll now put it back to Richard. So Richard, the the rule being: does it impede the player getting the ball? So you still think it's a penalty? Yeah, but the guy that takes the corner crosses it along the floor, and it's clear that the front post. 
well, three three weeks ago, uh, was Goldson getting to that ball? Well, clearly, and that's why the penalty was given, because it was in the vicinity of Conor Goldson potentially getting the ball. I've always got a bit of sympathy, Mark, because there's going to be... There, that That is can never be an exact science you're almost you're having to predict sort of is the ball in that area is it is it likely that you can get on the end of it and, and so on and so forth are those two incidents similar for you the way they are for Richard no they're not similar at all I think Andy highlighted it uh, pretty clearly there the Goldson one at Pataudry whether or not Goldson's getting a full contact on the ball or not right we we don't know but it, the ball is going into that area so you there's every chance the one yesterday it's nowhere near getting the ball. The ball is a poor corner kick into the front post area, cleared, uh, and the Aberdeen players at soccer gives away the foul, yeah. actually, on, on the front post, man. I think it might have been Tavernier. So what does that mean then? But basically, the, Todd Cantwell sort of fortunate, if you like, that yeah, he's at the back fortunate. post and he's nowhere very near Very fortunate. There. Listen, if, if the, the set piece, piece taker takes a decent delivery, it's going to be given a penalty. I, I think, yeah, even if that swung into the goalkeeper's hands, into Butland's hands at a decent height, I think we're beat talking the, about beat, a different yeah, thing. Beat, beat the man at the front post. I think we're speaking mm. different thing because then the player, the Aberdeen player, might just get an end of that ball. But the fact that he's not even in the vicinity is why mm. Todd Cantwell uh, gets away with it. He's very penalty. lucky. He's and very lucky because it's crazy, especially with the incidents we've seen lately. The fact that, you know, and he's been involved in games when the incidents have happened, the fact that he's run the risk by pulling Gartman's jersey is, is crazy and he's got away with one. I always say it, you don't need to agree with that, you don't need to like it, that just is, that's that's the framework. You don't even need to think it, it fits it the way these guys do, but they will always look for um, whether it impedes the player from getting to the ball. Um, Richard, do you feel pretty hard done by then? Do you think that could have been the difference, well, obviously? I'm just, like, just, let's just talk about in the middle, of, in the midfield, and a player that's not on the ball, that's running to make a run, and someone pulls his shirt, it's a foul. You know, it's, it's clear and simple what I just maybe the rules are not correct or whatever, but just and the the Batland one, he went right through the back of him for me. If I've, I've watched it a few times, and okay, if they have a check and it's not, at least they have at least have a look at it. No, they will have looked at it. Remember, although we, you know, there was like hundreds. What was the, what was the stat again? I think it was like when they did the first round of games, it was like four hundred odd. Silent checks, Mark. I know what we mm. always think, and we see this a lot. I think maybe, maybe this is why, it, you know, hearing the audio or hearing the explanation, maybe that's why this would be so much better. Because then we wouldn't need me to to say this or, or other people. Because maybe you don't know if you're a fan. There, I've seen so many people on social media saying it wasn't even checked. I wonder if what they mean by that is, well, you know, the ref didn't go to the monitor or they didn't do the big pause. And yeah. there was a, there was a pause for a. A check for a red for card, a red card for, yeah. for serious foul play, um, but they will they, they they will have checked Duke on Butland, which then yep. means a couple of things. Either they quite simply don't think it's a penalty, they don't think it's a clear and obvious error, and again you can disagree with that to your heart's content. That's that's the beauty of it. This phone wouldn't, this phone in wouldn't survive if we didn't disagree, um, but that will have been the the process. Yeah. It's and always I, going to be a takeaway from fans who don't get the penalty in the very last kick of the ball um, that has just been overlooked, it's not been checked. And there was a lot going on in that goal line and in the net at that time. So the fans jumped to that conclusion or they've concentrated on this rather than what could have been a potential foul. But you're right, it's the official's job to check everything that's going on. And that would have been clearly... Um, picked up and it just well for me look it wasn't a penalty the, the, the VAR the referee didn't think it was a penalty 
But you're right, maybe it just does clear that side of it up. Uh, hearing some sort of audio to say it was a check, but fans solely rhyme the, the hand to the ear and yeah. the monitor because it could to be things have it been still checked. feels like there are options there obviously you might say you no, know, never a penalty in a million years or it's mm, well maybe but it's not a clear and obvious error which doesn't trigger yeah you know an on-field review or the the angle of the footage or whatever's inconclusive it would just kind of be nice to know what the exact the of exact course it would be um in, some in whichever angles they see yeah. it if it's the same as yours we don't know that uh, thanks, Lil Richard. It was nice to speak to you. John is a Celtic fan. He thinks there's a bit of a sense of entitlement brewing from some Celtic fans. We'll hear from him next. Glasgow in the West, league leader. For 50 years, Clyde won. Super scoreboard. Mark Wilson and Andy Halliday are here. 01419511025. Keep the thoughts coming in. Uh, I'm going to speak to John and East Kilbride in about 30 seconds. Let me quickly give you this question first. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slad wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. But John's been hanging on for ages, so you don't even need to give me any answers. Here's just your question and we'll get it up and running thanks to Gregor's wife. Can you name the nine players... <laughs> Gregor's wife? Apparently. Can you name nine players from the home nations and Ireland who scored three or more hat-tricks in the SPL era? So that's, remember, 98 to 2013. Nine players from the home nations and Ireland who scored three or more hat-tricks in the SPL era. We'll get back to it, right? Uh, John is on the line. How's it going, John? Very well, thanks very much, Gordon. Uh, hope you're all well, guys. Good, and thanks, John. Oh, very nice of you, John. Same to you. We've had a lot of rage on Saturday here on the phones, John, but I understand you think some of your fellow Celtic fans are going a bit overboard. One word, petulant. Absolute petulance. Uh, I didn't like to have seen these guys. I grew up watching football in the eighties when Aberdeen dominated and United were in the mix. Rangers late eighties, early nineties. I mean, what would these people be like now? The sense of entitlement, we'll not get the God given right to win every single game. I mean if you look at the premiership down south, every single team in the top four or five has been gubbed well and truly at some point this year. Yeah, it's a better standard, I get that, but with respect to you, like guys like Andy and that, that are still playing, they're professional football players. See if a team decides, I mean, they played out their skins against final right? And perhaps they were guilty of, well, it's hearts we got in the castle. I don't know, but guys like Andy and all the rest of them, the guys in Kilmarnock, Oh, John's just broke up at right right on cue. Well, I'll ask the guys, and I'm sure you Celtic fans will want to have your say petulant, says the reaction. It says John about the reaction. Some of you young Celtic fans don't know how good you've got it. That was the kind of general tone, although John didn't say that. What do you think, Mark? I agree with John to a certain extent that uh, there is a lot of Celtic fans who have grew up in this period uh, of absolute dominance over the past decade or longer than a decade now. So how does that logic work then? So because it was bad 30 years ago, you should be okay with things now? I, no, I, no, no, I wasn't going to say that. They, they, they just know nothing but winning. Right. So when a couple of defeats come along one after the other, it is a crisis. And people have phoned up and says it's crisis time. People have phoned up and said it's time for the manager to go when they're sitting top of the league. You go back to Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan, through to Neil Lennon. Mm-hmm. 
Celtic did lose games and they did lose games consecutively they were bad periods within the season however not many people would be shouting for them to lose their job early on in the season so okay, how much does the, knee-jerk and how much does the Glasgow landscape come into it though because forgive me if I'm off by one or two years but by and large Martin O'Neill had to topple a Rangers treble winning side is that right yeah. and Gordon Strachan would have taken on a, a Rangers double or treble winning side round about that time Yeah, I think I'm roughly right there um, but Celtic fans clearly felt that they were I don't know if out of sight is the right phrase but everything that's happened with Rangers and Celtic had that success then Rangers were in the top flight and Celtic still had the success they've got all the money in the bank they've got all the Champions League qualifications to back that up and yet here we are that if Rangers win their, their games in hand they would be top of the league is that is that not worth well, bearing in mind the context? Yeah, but let's if we're putting it into context let's remember it was only three years ago that Rangers won the league it was only a couple of seasons ago Rangers were in a Europa League final so we're not talking about Rangers that came through the third division of Scottish football and I and things have well, changed well, so we are though what do you mean if we're talking recent history here well Rangers won the league so it's not as if you know we've went 12 years without them winning at once there was a big change Steven Gerrard won the league right, then okay. they progressed in Europe and they got all the way to a European final now that's not to be turned to anybody's nose up but that was a remarkable mm. achievement for a team who knew how to win on a, a huge stage so the gap isn't where people think it is. Even though Celtic's bank balance shows that compared to Rangers, is it's not reflective on the pitch. This is not necessarily my take. I'm trying to translate the, the, the frustration, the opposite view from John. Should they, they feel the gap should be bigger though? I think that's clearly part of it. Well, no? what what fans should think, sorry. Sorry, I knew you were asking, Andy. No, sorry. No. What fans should think a club should be run in the way it is run is often very different mm. you know I don't think it helps when the board keep coming out and saying we're doing great look at look at the spreadsheet because that just fuels the flames of the Celtic fans wanting more money spent I think John's representing every football fan outside the old firm up and down the country with the self-entitlement uh, but listen realistically how bad is it how bad are we really talking here we're talking about if Rangers win two games in hand they're two points ahead of Celtic Yes, they, obviously they've uh, Rangers have won the League Cup, but what does that mean that Celtic can't win a treble? I mean, they won four trebles in the last six years. They've been pretty successful mm. over this period of time. Uh, uh, I can understand on different sides to the argument when people say, "No, it was it was all about progressing in Europe." We've not done that. I get that. Uh, in terms of domestic, nothing's been won or lost in terms of the league. I mean, yeah. there's still so much to play for. We've got this game in the thirtieth as well. That's going to be a huge barometer. What I will say is. And listen, we're only we're only twelve days away, and I think there's only two games within that. But Celtic must win their next two games before the old firm. There you are, John. You and Andy Halliday are agreeing on all things Celtic. Things you never thought you would hear, eh? Listen, the bottom line is, I see see right now. I'd rather it happened now. There's an opportunity. And I think it was Mark that said it earlier. Brendan Rodgers is a quality manager. All right, the real end. Look, look what he done. Look what he achieved. You just don't turn bad overnight, and these players as well. There's obviously something amiss, but if quality players and a quality man use this as an opportunity, give them to the end of the season. Because he did say, if it's no done, it'll be just that. Just look sucker up, but see that's getting rid of him. 
in January and you're top of the, you're into it, top of the league, it's... Anyway, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> John sounds, to use the word of the weekend, scunnered. Do you remember the just, guy in uh, Scott on Saturday? Yeah, John just was, ran out of words here, didn't he? There just, was a lot of scunner. I like that. that. But there we are. It's, I think it's, an, it's a very strong take from John. So Celtic fans, what do you think? John thinks the reaction has been petulant. There's a sense of entitlement. Um, what do you think? Is that fair or not? 01419511025. Paul, petulance, what do you think? Is that fair? Hi, God. Uh, by some people, yes. I think there is a generation of Celtic fans that have grew up and known nothing but success. I'm of I'm the age where when I was growing up, Celtic won nothing. Uh, I think it was in primary seven when it was a centenary season and after that, there was nothing. Uh, my fear is that, and it's been for the start, that Brendan Rodgers isn't the man. Uh, I, I see nothing this season that changed my opinion of that. The, the, the worrying trait is, with the, with the exception of Liam Scales, the last one has been a bit of a fluke, right? Because he was on his way out the door, uh, and he would have been his way out the door if it wasn't for injuries. But Liam Scales has been great, but and I think maybe people are a wee bit over the top of Matt O'Reilly. Brendan Rodgers has improved. No players, no player has got better. Right, we're, we're terrible to watch, uh, and we've been lucky. I mean, let's be honest. Feyenoord were not a great team. The Feyenoord had a shooting boots on; they would have won. We were quite lucky at Ibrox uh, at the start of the season, but there is no sign that Brendan Rod- and he's coming out. He flung the players under the bus under the Madrid game, and he's trying to claw it back a wee bit now. Right, but I, I don't think MD would. I don't think MD is willing to run through a wall. For Brendan Rodgers and I, I never wanted them there and I'd be glad to see the vacuum to be honest Wow so I mean we had this point earlier that seriously it's already that stage before December uh, before the end of December still top of the league He's got no good will in the bank Gordon he knew that's when he came right so he had to be really impressive to start with and he's bumping his gums about players he's more or less saying it was nothing to do with me well that's a sign of weakness Right? Because when you come in, you start sorting that out, or it's laziness. Right? The guy that was there before you, if he if he was the guy that looked at these players, right, he sent very few duds. Right? So we were you used to come away from the game knackered, right? Because it was, we were dynamic, we were, we were on it, it was a joy to watch. You nearly fall asleep at it. Well, you couldn't fall asleep at the games on Saturday, right? Enough for the, uh, the, the septic uh, atmosphere, but. He's he's not an elite manager anymore. I'm sorry. I, I just I, and I hope I'm wrong, right? I would like nothing to be him to see it turn around, but there's no signs he's got to turn around. Listen, but I agree with a lot of comments that, uh, that Paul's made, uh, and I make no apology for referencing Philippe Clement because I think how easy would it have been for him to come in and complain about the squad he's inherited? How easy would it have been for Philippe Clement to say? how much he needs investment in January to bring in players, whereas you feel as if that's all really that Brendan Rodgers has spoke about. And I agree. I think the biggest issue and the biggest worry is how so many players have regressed. I have to agree with that point in the players. Um, looking at them individually, I think Scales, yes, certainly stands out. Matt O'Reilly's added to his goals, but in terms of full performances for O'Reilly, maybe not been there 
they struggle to pick out any that's that's been better, but if any worse, Kyogo, even Maeda when he's played, even the captain, Cal McGregor, who probably stands above the rest of them, but Well, he got exonerated by the manager of the did. weekend. He got named yeah. as being someone who was exempt from criticism. I thought his performance in the second half wasn't outstanding, but you could see he was trying to influence the game. You could see he was trying to drag people forward and increase tempo within the play. So I think that's why the manager sort of uh, like you said sort of singled them out I don't think it was for an outstanding performance but for me you, you know you talk about leadership and try to drag your team through when they're not having I the best afternoon. I think, I think that's the reason why by the way I think in giving him credit he also digs at a few other players yeah. because do you hear what doing he said three people's he jobs. doing three people's jobs which means they were only doing their jobs so quite easy to pick out you know who he was talking about there so Look, the players have to pull their socks up themselves and start performing better but ultimately it does fall on the manager to improve them on a daily basis to perform better on a Saturday so Andy's right he's got a big couple of games coming up before we get to the 30th mm, Let's ask John on the line how are you feeling about your club at the moment John how would you sum it up? Yes abysmal mate once again a big story coming out of the park the last couple of weeks was all about the Green Brigade they're going to get back in and not get back in we've got bigger problems and getting the Green Brigade back in. I said, once again, I, I blame three people. Two Lawwells and uh, Brendan Rogers. Uh, the, the, once again, the boss uh, fell asleep behind the wheel. Uh, Peter's uh, son, Mark, is uh, head of recruitment. The recruitment this, this year has been absolutely abysmal. And Peter, not Peter, uh, Brendan's just wee, uh, Peter's wee puppet. He, uh, he come back, he come back, and, and uh, he's still been making the conditions. Uh, saying that, uh, I'll, be, I'll be signing them. Once again, he's been hung out of dry at times, Brendan Rogers. As I say, we don't know who's telling the truth. As I say, do these guys, I've got to get into work, thousands of Celtic fans have got to go to work. I came into work last, last Monday morning, and there was a box of Kelly Pies lying on my desk. I, I come in this week, I come in this week, and there was a box of Jam Tarts lying on my desk. As I say, we've got to go to work and take all this slack. You're not guaranteed that we can beat uh, uh, Livingston and Saturday where they're playing and uh, go to uh, Dean Boxing there for the meet Rangers. We're seven points clear a couple of weeks ago we could afford to maybe, maybe not get a result at Parkhead. But we've got, to, we've got to beat Rangers now because it's across the city the, the Rangers qualified for uh, the last 16. We, we gave them a Christmas present on Saturday and that season they won the cup yesterday. Celtic just around about just a note it's all doom and gloom. Better hope you never lose to Partick Thistle It'll be a cheese board and a fine wine that's left on, <laughs> on John's desk That might be a bit of a result I have to say Nothing worse than getting killy pies and jam tarts landed in your desk That's, yeah, that's when well, you know things are bad Yeah. Um, what do you think of John's point? Like, he's right, doom and gloom It's a good way of putting it at Celtic just now After the Champions League concluded um, And then the recent league form Match with Rangers winning their trophy And winning in Europe And a new manager coming in yeah, it is doom and gloom. Um, but there's not been a lot of doom and gloom over the years at Celtic. So when it comes instantly, it seems much worse than it is. So, like, people in there, it has to fix it. Never mind the board and and the guys that sit up there who the crowd are directing their anger towards. It's the manager, the coaching team and the players who can affect it within the next 10 days. That's why we're saying these games before Rangers are huge. If you slip up, then you go into that Rangers game in a worse situation. If you win the two of them, then you put yourself in a decent position. Celtic will still go into that, in my opinion, favourites. If they win that, then the doom and gloom lifts slightly. And you're looking at a January transfer window with optimism rather than the fear of Rangers overtaking you. Have you still got the killy pies and the jam tarts, John? 
No, I'm a bit, I'm a bit greedy, mate. I'll keep them for the, I'll keep them for the reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to John on the line. Uh, you two, I gave you a teaser a while ago. We've had to skip over it a bit because it's been such a busy show. Uh, but can you name? Nine players from the home nations and Ireland who scored three or more hat tricks in the SPL era. What are you going for? Hartson. Yes. Chris Boyd. Yes. Kenny Mallet. Yep. Sutton. No. Lawrence Shankland. SPL era, 98 to 2013. Oh, right. Okay, okay, okay. No. Wasn't he long enough to get three or more hat tricks, was he? Oh, three or more hat tricks, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying the hat tricks. Ivan Sproul? No. You've just remembered one that's etched into no, your no, memory. Two, two. Oh yeah, there was two, right. Adam Rooney? No. Stephen Fletcher? No. Gary O'Connor? No. Derek Reardon? No. Oh, one. oh, Pigden? Yes, of course, Michael Higdon. There we are, the man who knows how to celebrate winning the PFA Scotland Player of the Year award. Uh, right, let me tell you about this before we go further. Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce, Scotland's premier structural steel specialist, changing landscapes across the UK. Let me thank you so so much for all the generous bids and donations in the Cash for Kids sports auction. On Saturday, my esteemed colleague Hugh Keevan sums it up great. We wish we didn't have to do a sports auction. We don't really take great pride in having to do it, but once it's there, we really, really thrive on the chance to make a bit of a difference in the money that you lot raised for us. And I say for us, it's for children in our local community at the weekend was sensational. We're just trying to bring a bit of joy, really, to local children, making sure they've got the basics this Christmas, food, heating, electricity, maybe even a small gift. Uh, and right now at Clyde1.com, you can still help by getting involved in our silent auction. Honestly, head over there during this break, Clyde1.com. There are so many good prizes on there that we didn't get to use in the main auction on Saturday. Like Loads and loads. You could pick up a signed Scotland home top. Scotland squad going to the Euros, of course. There's a signed Celtic Matt O'Reilly top. There's a signed framed Jack Butland top. I know the way you Rangers fans feel about him right now. So you might want to get on there and try and win that. There's a framed uh, Wayne Rooney Man United training top. There's a VIP table at an evening with Scott Arfield. There is a lot there. And it's not just football prizes as well. Loads and loads. Go to ClydeRun.com and help out Cash for Kids if you can. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West for 50 years. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Right, it's that time of the night where we try and get more answers to the full-time teaser. The question, nine players from the home nations and Ireland who scored three or more hat-tricks in the SPL era. You've got Chris Boyd, John Hartson, Michael Higdon and Kenny Miller. Couple of teammates of mine's Hooper and Stokes. Oh, yes. I thought you were going Chadoree and Andy Hinkle there, but yep, you've oh, seen them got the right off. two. Uh, Rod Wallace. Yes. Two to get. Any thoughts? Gary McSwagan. Oh, oh it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> That's Do you know why? He always puts a heart's answer in the McSwagan teaser. McSwagan is always. wonderful. It really is. That's the, that's the full-time teaser equivalent of a, a 30-yard screamer. Uh, right, let's bring in Scott, who's a yeah. Celtic fan. Scott, you'll probably be the last caller, so let me sum this up for you. We've had Celtic fans who say, this is terrible, Rogers out, and others who say, you Celtic fans are entitled and spoiled and you shouldn't be saying things like that. How do you feel? I totally disagree with the fact that we're spoiled. You know, in my opinion, Celtic Football Club want to always harp on how they're there for the fans, there for, you know, the people... One of our songs we play at the start of the game is like the people sing. The weekend shows 
when the people question the mentality of our board, the board throw the toys at the pram and they eject fans from the stadium that put their hard-earned cash there. And for me, that's just having a domino effect down the team. Rodgers has come out and said that he's not happy with his team, he's not happy with his players. Things are going to, people are going to, you know, down, put the tools down. Their heads are going to go down. We are looking at potentially being 12 points clear of them on the other side of the city. Now come the turn of the new year, they're going to be ahead of us. And that's through a manager that's come in with the same group of players that Michael Beale signed at the same fans. Rangers fans were saying we're terrible, we're rotten, you know, and they're now going to be looking down at us. I just think they've got to act now. You know, if Rangers didn't act after their defeat to Aberdeen at home, you know, Rangers would be miles behind us. They've acted fast and the table's turned. And I feel we need to do the same now or we can kiss goodbye to the title. You think there's no way Brendan Rodgers turns this round? And I say that in terms of form, because obviously Celtic are still top of the league at the moment. But So there's no way this, this is a successful season under him? But for me, I've taken my, my boy to the football for the past 10 years or so and it's been happy memories. He was crying at the weekend there because he's no used to seeing that. Now, as soon as a manager says he's lost the dressing room, your players are no... I mean, if you were in your job and you were told you only wanted, you only good enough, you'd, you'd be looking elsewhere for your employment. You know, you wouldn't be doing your job the way you should be doing your job. Mm. So I just don't see how he's going to turn that around. Um, he's opened his mouth and he's made comments maybe under the pressure, under the heat at the moment but I just think they've got to act now um, because the way it's going I just can only see it getting worse Mark, how would you react if you were in that dressing room and there was a constant message that we need more quality in the squad? Um, I would realise I needed to pick my quality up that's that's the message so it's more of a challenge to you rather than an unfair criticism if I'm, if I'm contracted at that club and I've got a couple of years left to go I understand that I need to raise my game so it's a two pronged message it's a message to the board but it's a message to these players in the dressing room remember managers get a mic shoved in front of their face five minutes after every game and fans are bored to hear managers say the same things every week so sometimes they say different things uh, aim their criticism different ways aim their praise different ways Brendan Rodgers came out after St Johnson says it was the angriest he's ever been. After the Champions League, it was we need more quality. After other games, it's more quality. Um, there's different ways of going about things and I think he's going round the houses with that. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think his players will be getting the message. But this, I just cannot get my head around this. Scott coming on, they need to act quickly. Rangers acted quickly under Beal. Surely anybody can tell the difference with Celtic at the minute at the top of the league to where Michael Beale was after the game at Ibrox against Aberdeen surely that's an easy thing to see and I, I, I just cannot get you know Scott saying he took his kid to the game he was crying because he's not used to that well get used to that because that's football your team doesn't win all the time you have to experience some bad results to appreciate the good ones and that's where the previous call John was saying about entitled fans that maybe they're not used to a challenge well when I was a fan growing up, I was used to a challenge for Rangers. When I was a player at the club, I relished the challenge for Rangers. Maybe it's went a wee bit too easy for years gone by and there's a definite challenge on now. I just don't think you should sack the manager before it's even really kicked in. Scott? I, well, I disagree with that completely because you need to look at it. If, if we are neck and neck, in the past, any other manager, if you're neck and neck and you lose the points he's lost, 
That's potentially 10 points he's lost there. He's terrible tactics, he's terrible team. At the end of the day, you'd be sacked. You know, if this was neck and neck and we were then 10 points behind Rangers, you'd be out of the door, out of job. But what are you talking about 10 points behind Rangers? They're not 10 points behind Rangers. They're neck and neck. Celtic are top of the league. They've beaten Rangers. Yeah. They've beaten Aberdeen away. They've beaten Hearts yeah. away. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? Right, do you know what? We're going to have to knock this in the head because I've got an extremely busy end to the show that I need to cram in. I wish we could do this show longer sometimes. But here's something I'm going to do right between now and the end of the year. I told you Clyde One was celebrating its first 50 years on Hogmanay. Um, so on the run-up to that big birthday, we thought we would celebrate some of the greatest moments in Scottish football. Let's put Mark Wilson on the spot first. Clyde won 50 years as Glasgow and the West's number one Radio Clyde 261 All together just a bit of fun, all the pundits will get a chance over the next couple of weeks or so We'll do a, a top ten in no particular order Just their opinion, their personal preference Mark, in the last 50 years, what's a standout Scottish football moment for you? Well, for me, it was when Celtic got to the UEFA Cup final at that time, 2003 I just saw that was, well, it was something that I hadn't seen from Celtic before Um you know, seeing the greats are like Henrik Larson and Chris and John Hartson and how they performed throughout that full campaign against some real big sides and two mm. English teams in there as well, two battles of Britain that we very rarely see and them to come out on top in both. Magnificent. So even though it didn't go to plan on the night, still the getting there, the memories, the run, that was still enough? Well, everything about it, everything about the final. I was at Dundee United at the time as a first-team player, a young first-team player, so I couldn't go and watch the game but were we all rage, were you raging about that I was raging I we were on Brody Ferry the full team watching it together but by the way we wouldn't have been the only team probably every other team run Scotland would have got together and watched that game because it was so iconic played against a great portal team with great names in it as well and just came up short so although the night was disappointing the memory still lasts forever for Almost every Celtic fan. Well, there we are. The other pundits will get their chance throughout the coming days. I don't think that's the one Andy Halliday would pick, funnily enough, but we'll maybe get his... Well, 4-1. Uh, uh, yeah, he loved it. <laughs> we'll get his in the near future. I'm soon. We'll come up with a top 10, and you can, of course, tweet your thoughts, agree or disagree. Top 10 Scottish football moments in no particular order over the last 50 years. You've got one more on this teaser. Nine players from the home nations and Ireland who got three or more hat-tricks in the SPL era. Boyd, Hartson, Higdon, Stokes, Wallace, Miller, Hooper, McSwiggan. Eon Jess. No. Oh. But not far away. Oh, so that rules out Billy McKay? Uh-huh. Ah, so Aberdeen, Robbie Winters. Great Robbie yes. Winters. Great shout. Well done. Thank you, Mark Wilson and Gordon Deal. That was so busy because I know there was the League Cup final to look back on. There was a lot of frustration, anger from, from Celtic's drop points at the weekend. We didn't even get the chance to debate Derek Adams' assassination of Scottish football. Maybe we can do that tomorrow or anything else that crops up. We'll be here at six. We'd love for you to join us again. 01419511025. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to these two for joining us. We will be back at six tomorrow. <laughs>